Mahomes, timing route, down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Brady pumps, looking for Brown deep, and throwing for Brown. He's got it at the 30, the 20, the 10, the Patriots have won! Okay, welcome back to Touchdown with Tom and Will, and it is almost pretty much our penultimate week of the NFL season as it stands as we review the divisional week and look forward to championship weekend, which literally starts tonight as we record this uh, on Saturday afternoon with the Bucks traveling from sunny Florida to sub-zero Green Bay, uh, followed by tomorrow the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. What a weekend of football we have to look forward to, Tom. Oh, yeah. And the best news about it for, for those living in, in England is, is that a reasonable time or in the UK, is that a reasonable time today? The game starts at 5 past 8 and tomorrow at 11.40, which is still late, but it's not. I thought both games would be like 1.15 and it would be a real mission to watch. But I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Two hours and we're in. Yeah, I think we've got a massive bonus actually out of the fact that neither team uh, is based on the West Coast. Obviously, those are the games uh, that take place really late for us for them to be on the right time uh, on the West Coast. Obviously, these games hosted in Kansas uh, and Green Bay and just I mean, we, we mentioned this I think um, at the end of or maybe we mentioned it midweek you know talking to each other that these are the four best teams in the NFL we believe which is so nice when it happens like that because I think we've yeah. had over the last kind of three four years we've had the Jaguars making the championship game and we've had the Titans making the championship game both who had good seasons those years but you wouldn't have put them in the top four you just said oh maybe the Saints should be there or other teams other Saints aren't there this year but you said there were better teams that just didn't quite perform when it came to it or they burned out too early. There's no factor in this at all with this. We say only Tampa had a bit of a slow start to the season as they finally kind of got their rhythm together. But all these other teams have just been unbelievably consistent throughout the year, um, which makes it so exciting that they're the ones we're about to see. Oh, yeah. Even though we had, like, the, the Bucks were technically a, um, an underdog against the Saints, there was absolutely no doubt on that night that the Bucks were a better side than New Orleans and deserve to be in this championship game. You're right. I mean, you, know, you can't take it away from any team that has sort of an unlikely run in the playoffs. But that all being said, we want to have the four best teams in the conference championship. And we're here. It's ready to go. Chiefs, Bills, obviously one and two. Green Bay, obviously one in the NFC. Bucks, fifth. But as you said, they had a massive sort of transition period over the offseason. Not an ideal offseason to do that as well with all this COVID situation. But uh, I'm so excited. It's almost, it's almost like it was written, wasn't it, for Tom Brady yeah. to play Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also, you've got, you've got this kind of thing. You've got the, not to use the word bucks too often, but you've got the, you've got the young bucks in, in, in the AFC in terms of you know, uh, 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 Patrick Mahomes uh, and Josh Allen, you know, both still on rookie contract, which is incredible, uh, meeting in the AFC Championship game. And then you've got these complete veterans kind of combined nearly 40 years of NFL experience between them, uh, which you go, you know, players that were almost playing in college before the Bills and Chiefs quarterbacks were born, uh, fighting out in the NFC, which is so exciting. And I think you're right in the sense that, sure, the Bucks are the fifth seed, um, but that was partly because they lost those two games to the Saints in the division. One of those was the first week um, when they pretty much put together a whole new roster. Uh, and the second one was a narrow loss when the Bucks were still slightly finding their feet midway through the year. There was no factor here where you thought the Bucks beating the Saints in this divisional game was necessarily a, um, uh, an upset. No, absolutely not. There were 
with the exception of maybe the Bills and the Ravens not being as close, there weren't any upsets, which is brilliant. It was a shame to see the Saints sort of whimper out. They didn't really make a, as big a fight of it as we'd have hoped. It was that the last that we saw of Drew Brees. There was some nice scenes on the internet with him and Brady afterwards. Brady throwing a touchdown to his son, which was quite cute. Um, so that was a bit of a shame that they didn't put up a bit more of a fight. And the same in the Rams-Packers game as well, with Jared Goff seemingly making this most miraculous comeback ever last week yeah. to, to recover from his fraction and dislocate his thumb. And they never really got going as Packers. But it was more of a story in that game of the Rams' defense not being able to stand up to the might of the Packers. So tonight it's going to be, oh, it's going to be electric. And the Bucks really have to try and halt that, that force, the immovable force that is the Packers' offense. I also want to mention that in this game, it's two quarterbacks who, in the offseason, many people were writing off and many oh, yeah. people were saying we're done. So we had the whole saga of Brady not wanting to sign with the Patriots because uh, the Patriots weren't getting him, weren't, weren't basically planning to win now, really. And everyone was like, oh, Brady won't be able to do it without the Patriots. He goes to Tampa Bay and he's had a brilliant year. We mentioned the teething problems. He's still thrown 40 touchdowns this year. Considering that the, the, um, the Patriots threw six all year, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And then we obviously had Aaron Rodgers, who everyone said had an off year last year, even though they got to, to this exact same point in the NFC Championship. And they obviously drafted Jordan Love in the first round. And everyone was like, this is the end of Aaron Rodgers. I've absolutely slated that pick, but maybe it was the best pick ever because it spurred Rodgers on. It's, to, um, it's weird. It's weird. You've come back. Exactly. You've got these two quarterbacks in Brady and Rodgers who, despite both being in the, the GOAT conversation almost, both nailed on Hall of Famers, uh, you know, in that conversation of the best quarterbacks of all time, both had years last year where they were battered by the press. They were, the you know, Packers were 13 and 3 and were kind of called, you know, the most forgettable 13 and 3 team of all time. And then you got Brady being like, oh, you know, he whimpered past the Rams in that Super Bowl the previous year. Then he was rubbish last year. This is kind of a sad retirement home in Florida kind of thing. And it yeah. just kind of shows that quality just does shine through. Like class is permanent. Like these guys uh, have not seemed to decrease in ability at all. If people are saying that Brady's throwing the ball too hard right now, is Gronk <laughs> saying that? He needs to slow it down a little bit. Like the passes, it's almost too hard to catch because he has this... You know, he's avocado ice cream for breakfast and uh, he's in such the supreme athletic build. And it's, it's almost similar to people saying like, oh, you know, Ronaldo's going to slow down you know, at 33, yeah. 34. And you look at his body and you're like, no. Like there's Why? nothing about his body Why? that's 33, 34. Because both those two athletes, a quite good comparison, I guess, have kept yeah. themselves in such an unbelievable condition, not really changed their regime between 21 and 35. Don't drink, eat well, you know, work out, stay away from injuries. Um, that there's no reason they should be less capable of doing their job at the highest level at 35 as they were at 25. Um, and both those players in, in uh, Brady and Rodgers are showing that. So I think this is the game, and we were saying we're going to start with the NFC as we're talking about it now, that I'm probably most excited about all season. Um, almost yeah. more excited about than the matchup that might happen in the Super Bowl. For me, this is a huge, huge game. Well, exactly. And it, always, it does actually happen like that a lot because... Um, with the, the way that the conferences are matched up, there might be two teams in the same conference that it's impossible for them to meet in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So like, it would be great for the Bucks and Green Bay to meet in the Super Bowl, but it's actually literally impossible. So this is, this is actually the first time that Brady has met Rodgers 
and they played each other in the postseason, which is quite remarkable considering their careers. But it's obviously, again, because they both spent the majority of their careers, Tom Brady in the AFC and Green Bay in the NFC, and they've never met in the Super Bowl. I'm so excited. 8.05 this start. Are you kidding me? Like, that is honestly so exciting. Yeah. Only for... No, no, you go. I was, I was going to say 805. It almost feels like a Champions League game. It's like a normal time to get excited about like a football match. Like it's it's we don't we so rarely get that as NFL fans because often the best the best games are Thursday night football, Monday night football, and Sunday prime time. All of which take yeah. place at like one in the morning. So yeah, it yeah. does feel like a treat for us. But it's also like because because the regular season there's only 16 games. They are quite like I'm excited for almost every game in the NFL unless the Lions are playing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, whereas, like in a foot, in a, let's say a, a soccer, football, our football league season, there are very few of those games that you can get excited about, except for, as you say, the odd prime time game. And that's when the Champions League becomes so exciting because it's sort of this exceptional thing. And this is an exceptional matchup yeah. between Green Bay and Tampa Bay. It's like, again, it's like these two sort of titans, imagine two titans of Europe meeting the first time ever or like the only time they could meet in the Champions League semi-final yeah it's it's almost even better because it's because there's got to be a result whereas you know so often we'll have those kind of big Premier League matchups that are on prime time let's say Man United Liverpool over the years which which Sky put like 80% of advertising into saying this is going to be the game of the year and inevitably it's a nil-nil or or a 1-1 but and then it just fizzles out and you move on whereas these games have to have a result even if it's a tight close encounter a bit cagey one of these teams is going to go through the Super Bowl and that's what's on the line, whereas There's it's so very hard to recreate that in the league. Yeah, yeah, there is so much on the line, isn't there? And that, like, even though they met in the regular season and obviously Tampa Bay beat Green Bay uh, 38 points to 10, which I could, I'm, when I was doing my research for this show, I was like, fuck, I completely forgot about that. That's how important the postseason is. It suddenly becomes, the regular season gets completely forgotten about yeah. because of how important these games are. And just right for context, again, to emphasise how great Tom Brady has been. Last week was his 32nd playoff win ever, which is exactly the same as the whole Green Bay franchise, which is insane. This will be his 14th, NFC, his 14th conference championship appearance, which is remarkable. Um, but yeah, it just sort of... And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers said this, um, sort of going into week 17, was like, now, we're, now, now, we're, now the season starts. Mahomes said it as well. For these yeah. greats, this is where it matters. This is where you make history. Oh yeah, this is when you're this is when you're remembered. And and in the same way that that if Green Bay don't win this game, the storyline of this um, yeah. of the whole Super Bowl, this whole season, will be: Does Brady win a, a seventh Super Bowl? You know, yeah. at, at a second team, or does Mahomes win two in a row? Or uh, Josh Josh Allen lead the Bills their first since what the eighties, I think, or seventies or eighties. So it's like the picture and the storyline will be completely erased of whichever team loses these two games. They won't be thought about in the same way that Green Bay were remembered as the least memorable team last year. And you talk about that win that that Tampa had, the 38-10 win. I looked at their season this year. That was such a landmark, okay, these guys are for real win for them. Because until that point, they'd lost to the Saints, beat the Panthers, who they team they should be seen as beating, beat the Broncos, team they should be beating. The charge they'd beat by a single touchdown. Then they lost to the Bears. So until that point, there was nothing to say this team was going to be any better than 8-8 eight and eight or you know 10-6 and six and maybe just about reached the playoffs. But it was that win when they beat the Packers and then they went and scored 45 points against the Raiders. So then you're like, okay, 
this is you know a serious serious team. There were still stumbling blocks on the way. Remember that second game? They lost 38-3 to the Saints in the, in the second game. So then people were still doubting them. But then after that, they kind of just plowed on and put up a huge amount of points. They did lose to the Chiefs, 27-24. So they've got to have to overturn two teams they've lost against, probably, uh, uh, you know, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but what a story it would be for either of these quarterbacks, to be honest, um, to go all the way. Yeah, and also especially... <laughs> We've seen, we've seen a completely different Aaron Rodgers, and it's just sort of a note, a nod towards him. He's made a real effort this year to try and change people's opinions of him. Everyone sort of respected his talent. Always considered him sort of like a cocky Cali kid. Um, not a kid, obviously, but cocky from California. Um, obviously talented, um, but really lo- or people thought he might be losing it. He's made a real effort this year with his sort of uh, Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays, Pat McAfee. To, um, to engage more with, um, with the fans on a personal level via, obviously, a trusted friend. And it's, I now love Aaron Rodgers. Last year, I didn't want to see him in the yeah. Super Bowl. I didn't want to see Green Bay in the Super Bowl. I wanted San Francisco in there, even though they were a defensive team. Like, it was, it's remarkable the turnaround he's had this year. And you're right. And that will all be forgotten if, cause if Brady gets to the, to the Super Bowl. Because that is such a big talking point. Yeah. And I think also, like you said, there was always... Aaron Rodgers, this is a character that everyone said was, you know, one of the greats and would go to the Hall of Fame and, you know, would he have been better in a better team over the years? But there was nothing else about the team to massively love. Whereas, the, not just the emergence, obviously these have, been, these have been good players before this year, but the, the strength of Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams yeah. and the characters of them means you're suddenly like, oh, okay, it's not just the Aaron Rodgers show. There is, you know, top, top, top level um, skill players on this team as well that you can love. Um, whereas in the past it's kind of been the Saints that have had those players or like the Bucks do this year of all their stars um, or, or the Rams before uh, or Seattle these, these are the teams where you're like oh they've got so many players all over the field even the, even the Vikings and Green Bay is kind of like oh Green Bay just get results because it's hard to play in Green Bay and they've got Aaron Rodgers whereas there's so much more to this Green Bay team um, than there has been in the past as well as Aaron Rodgers opening up a lot more uh, also, kind of also the emergence of Matt LaFleur as their coach Obviously, joining last year, everyone and people were slating the hiring. I remember Colin Cowherd was just like terrible signing. Like he's younger than I think he's younger. He's younger than Rogers, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and they thought well, Rogers would walk all over him. Um, and it's actually, and even during the year, it sort of appeared as though Rogers was calling plays in the huddle that Lafleur wasn't agreeing with. And there was this narrative yeah. from the media that this year everyone's like, no, they're working together on this. Matt Lafleur. Is happy to trust the experience of Aaron Rodgers to call something different if he sees it. Whilst at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is trusting Matt LaFleur because he's doing such a good job. Matt LaFleur is 28 and 7 in his two years so far as the head coach. You're obviously hoping that some of his uh, good coaching genes run in the family. So Mike yeah. LaFleur will be able to do a bit of a job for the Jets. But also, it was so cool to see Matt LaFleur versus Sean McVay in the divisional round, who these two have been great friends. Part of the reason why Matt LaFleur was hired to Green Bay, people say, is because he was so close to Sean McVay. And Sean McVay had just revolutionized the Rams with their offense. Um, they were assistants at Washington together. Sean McVay brought him along to the Rams to be the offensive coordinator, where I think they clashed a little bit because they both are so, so competitive and want yep. to sort of have their, their narrative and their sort of tactics done. Um, and then seeing them all of a sudden, not fighting on the sideline, but verbally trying to engage with their team on such yeah. a competitive level was a whole other dynamic to the game, which was really nice to see. 
Yeah, no, it was fantastic. So the Packers won that one just to recap the score, uh, 32 to 18. As you say, like the Rams' defense just could not contain um, the Packers how you'd hoped they would have. There was so, you know, we had those stats about Jared Goff playing in sub zero or sub two degrees, uh, and, and the Packers obviously being so at home in those conditions. The question is, what is condition matters tonight? Well, in terms of the quarterbacks, you've got to think no. Tom Brady's played in Boston for his entire career. <laughs> it's very cold, you know, up there in the Northeast. Um, it doesn't. I don't feel that should be an issue of any of the uh, the Bucks players, but but it'll definitely be interesting because Green Bay they got that record. I think you've got it down here trying to find us out eighteen and five in playoff games at Lambeau is such a hard place to go. And obviously, when they're playing a playoff game at Lambeau, that means they're a higher seed. And you've got to take that into account. They are generally going to be the better team in those scenarios. Um, but I do think it's going to be competitive. Uh, the over is something like fifty-two. Uh, so if people are thinking there's going to be points as well. Um, but then again, that was fought with the Bills Ravens. Um, <laughs> was, a, was a bit slow, but I think we've got to call this game somehow. Tom, the Packers are two-point favourites, um, basically saying the bookies don't know. Uh, <laughs> how it going. And, and honestly, nor do I. I'm, I'm yeah. really struggling. I think uh, before we even do this, I think you did win the predictions this year. I, I think it's too late <laughs> for me <laughs> to make the ground. Uh, uh, but in terms of this game alone. It's very, very difficult. I see uh, the Bucks competing. I see Green Bay after a really, really fast start. Um, but, but I don't know. I'll leave it over to you, Tom. I'll call the, I'll I, yeah, the I, game I, first. I do see the Packers winning, to be honest. I do. I really am looking forward to a good game. But I do see the Packers winning. I think, yes, Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and he does have weapons on offense. That's fantastic. Antonio Brown is injured uh, for the game, which is a big loss, I think, for the Bucks. He was just about coming good. And again, changing the narrative around him a little bit. Uh, we've been massive Antonio Brown critics for almost since the show started. Um, and I was saying how big a loss he'll be. Um, but I really like the Packers' weapons. I like Devontae Adams so much. He's been so good this year. And his combination with Aaron Rodgers. And if he can work, if Aaron Rodgers can work that out with the other wide receivers, then they're just going to be a real handful for the Bucks. And the Bucks. Uh, secondary, they're good, they're inexperienced, and I wonder whether Aaron Rodgers' experience will just show in the crucial moments. I, I like the Packers. I don't know about the spread. Two's not a lot of points, so I would probably take the Packers minus two um, if I had any, any money left to bet. These days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'm with you on the Packers, yeah. but only just, not back in Tom Brady in any playoff game seems, seems rash. You know, as you said, it'd be 14 <laughs> Uh, championship, conference championship game, which is just insane. I mean, yeah. well, he's played about 20 seasons in the league. So 70% yeah. of his, obviously, you've got to bear in mind that he's been with the Patriots for all but one of his years, but he, he in 70% of his years, he has got to the, the final four, effectively, which is yeah. just absolutely incredible. Uh, <laughs> and, and won six Super Bowls in the process and could make it seven. Uh, I'm going to take the Green Bay as well, um, but, but only just... I mean, I'd probably not any money on them at all. Uh, the history is, is against him, Green Bay, though. Rogers, one of three in NFC Championship games, so he has never played at home. You mentioned that big 18-5 stat at Lambeau. Um, the Bucks are the only postseason team that Aaron Rodgers has thrown more picks against than touchdowns, wow. eight, and nine, eight and nine. And given that win in the regular season, 38-10, uh, teams that have beaten the opponent's by 20 points or more in the regular season, a 13-3 and three when they meet in the off-season, 4-0 and oh since 2010. So 
I think that's got to be. A, I think that's got to be a lot of wild card games that play into that because obviously yeah. it's postseason, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that can be teams that scraped in uh, yeah. as as a sixth seed and probably shouldn't have been there. I don't know. I completely see that point, um, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't know. That's for sure. That, that's just to put it out there. The oh yeah. Well, it's the mental thing as well, isn't it? I mean, we saw, as I mentioned, we saw this, the the Green I mean, the Bucks got beat down by twenty five plus points against the Saints. Came back to beat them uh, yeah. in the original game. I don't see any reason Green Bay uh, couldn't have a similar bounce back. But I'm sure it'll play on their minds. I'm sure it'll play on the Bucks' minds. So we've done this before. There's no reason we can't do it again. We've got to play the same quality of defense, same quality of offense, and we've got we can beat them. So both these teams are very capable, and both of them, I think. Uh, would be deserved Super Bowl opponents. Let me ask for one last word to Drew Brees. We probably have seen him for the last time uh, in that loss to Bucks. And I don't say my dad actually because he was watching this game because it was on a reasonable time. Uh, he's trying a bit bit more into the sport. That sadly in the NFL, more than most sports, most great players go out on a loss. Unless you win the yeah. Super Bowl and retire, you do go out on a loss. It's not like a politician. You lose your last election and you're out. You know you can't unless you. There's very very few. Going, you know, Philip Rivers we saw retire. We haven't mentioned that yet. Uh, uh, obviously retired with that loss uh, two weeks ago. So it is sad they went out that way. It is sad that they've been so good the last four years, but just not quite been good enough uh, yeah. to make a better Super Bowl challenge. But look, he's going to go down to one of the greats. I think I think he holds a lot of the passing records, um, a lot of the passing touchdown records, and obviously probably using the right time uh, to retire. Don't you think? Better than going one more year and it being kind of sad. I think this was almost that one more year as well, where he was yeah. like, nah, I'm going to come back. I've still got Michael Thomas in his prime, in theory. I've still got Alvin Kamara. We've got a chance. And they obviously were a good team this year. Um, they're the first team in history to win 11 or more games in the last four years and not make a Super Bowl, which is quite a statement. Um, so you obviously thought we got a good enough team to make a go of it. I'm going to do it for one more year. Fuck it, let's go. Um, and then, yeah, it, he did seem a little bit tired after that uh, loss. But you're right, exactly. It's so hard to have that fairy tale ending. It's almost, it, it, it is almost impossible. Like, so, so difficult to have in the NFL. You can't even, like, you can't win, like, yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> very, very difficult. And yeah, Philip Rivers obviously retiring. So the Colts and our team uh, that need a quarterback, so I'm sure we'll discuss that hugely uh, after the Super Bowl wraps up. And we go into the off season, but that kind of brings us to talking about Rivers retiring. We've got a lot of hires to mention, not so much on the field but off the field. Uh, so we both predicted just about the Packers, haven't we, uh, to yeah. win the NFC Championship game? But talking about hires, we have got a load of hires to discuss. I think we just about had we've already talked. We got about Urban Meyer last week. Uh, so obviously the Ohio State uh, coach going to Jacksonville to take Trevor Lawrence and that team on uh, next year. The Jets we mentioned, Bob Sala. Uh, who's taken over as head coach from the San Francisco defensive coordinator position. And Mike LaFleur, Matt's brother, uh, is the offensive coordinator. That's exciting. He's come in with this motto, all gas, no break, which I love. It says everything you need to know about, uh, about uh, Robert Sada. Um, he talked about, he didn't like the idea that coaches coach and players play, how he felt like he has to be at one with the players on the pitch. And when you see him, on the yeah. sideline while you're doing a defensive play, he might as well be on the pitch. He might as well be the 12th player because the way he runs up and down, lives and breathes every play uh, is very, very exciting. So that's yeah, something... Go on, go on, sorry. No, I had nothing else really. Go on. So, so that's, it's, it's crazy what the, the Robert Salah hiring has done for people's perceptions of the Jets now. Mm. Because he's this sort of personality, he's aggressive, he's obviously done really good things 
with the 49ers defense. Note though, the 49ers defense have had some studs on that roster. True. So how good is it going to transfer to the Jets who do not? <laughs> but but that so the perception around the Jets now is one of, of great potential. They've got two first round picks, um, plenty of picks going forward. They could potentially pick up another quarterback. And one of the quarterbacks who lots of people are mentioning to end up at the Jets is Deshaun Watson. That has been a massive talking point this week. Whether Deshaun Watson is going to try, who we mentioned last week is trying to get out, might be trying to get out of um, Houston. And the best place for him to land, so many people have said, is the Jets because they have the picks, essentially. They have the new coach. Uh, the second overall is a real tempting pick. Um, uh, what do you reckon, Will? Would you rather take spend the, the mortgage on Deshaun Watson, mortgage the house for Deshaun Watson, or use the picks to, to build and start a completely afresh? The, the, the more I've read about it, and I, I can't quote the author, but I sent Tom some screenshots from an athletic article, which was completely an opinion piece, but was just trying to, trying to show the merits of what, having a, what, a, what is a franchise quarterback worth? What is a franchise quarterback that could be a quarterback for 10, 12, up to 15 years if you've got a career like, like Tom Brady from where he is at now? And they're basically saying it's invaluable. They're basically yeah. saying you know, you've got the picks to, to, to trade for him. So let's say it does cost you. Um, both your first rounders and a second and Sam Darnold let's say it, it's worth it because, because even if it means you're not necessarily going to be as capable of succeeding next year when you've got a franchise quarterback there is less uh, uh, rush to need to succeed that year because you've got that core element piece that piece that is so valuable that piece that's so hard to achieve you've got that in your pocket you've got that signed on then you can use the next few years to rush now I do think that if we get to Sean Watson and this might be a kind of backward statement but I do think we've almost got a less good chance next year of uh, let's say getting to eight wins than we would if we use a draft to pick up a load of talent because we would then sacrifice the, uh, the draft capital but when you've got him in place and he's clearly got the talent you look what he's achieved in a bad Houston team you look at how he's got to the Pro Bowl yeah. in a team yeah, yeah. With, with four wins uh, it, it just seems madness that there's an opportunity to get him that you wouldn't sell the house. I mean, Seattle sold the house for Jamal Adams. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and if you look what they've done there, and you, no one's saying to them, oh, shit, you never first round of this year. You know, yeah. so I, I do feel... Obviously the, the, the Rams haven't had a first round pick for three, four years. Yeah, and, and the Patriots, all those years, they won the championship, the AFC division every single year. So they didn't have a top 20 pick for years and years and years and years. Coped fine because they had Tom Brady in the same way Seattle have Russell Wilson the same way the Rams seem to be fairly happy with uh, Jared Goff. Not that he's in the same category, I don't think. But you, you see the point. If the teams that are perennially successful don't have top draft picks and manage to stay perennially successful because they've got that quarterback in place, Drew Brees, Tom, Ben Roethlisberger, the list goes on. The Chiefs will have a top pick for years and years and years if they keep Patrick Mahomes. So I do think, in a long-winded answer, it is worth selling the house uh, for Sean Watson. Whether he would come... But people have been coming out saying that they think it'd be a great place for him to go. He's clearly frustrated about the fact that the Texans haven't interviewed uh, the enemy, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, yet. He's someone that obviously, he obviously wants him to get in. And the rumours seem to be getting louder and louder that he's played his last snap. And if he has played his last snap, last snap then the teams that are being talked about, I've heard Patriots, I've heard Jets, and I've heard 49ers. Um, but the Jets can offer quite a convincing package of picks if that, it comes to that. I think um, the key one as well is... They, 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 you've got Sam Darnold, who's a potential trading piece, because he could potentially be a good quarterback, unproven. 
Um, but you've also got from that um, from that Jamal Adams trade, you've got two first round picks next year as well. Yeah. So even if you traded one of those, you still are in the first round, which is where you get a starter. So I think that's massive because yeah, actually not they can they can offer lots and not give away as you said like sell the house because they still they have so much capital. Well, now, so someone put it as as why would you not be trading at least at the very minimum everything that you got for Jamar Adams because you would definitely trade Jamar Adams for, yeah, for Watson. Watson. Yeah. As, as star as a safety as he is, but I think I have a great career and he, probably, and he could go to all of Fame. It's not comparable to a franchise. Yeah, you can't make the difference that franchise. Yeah, the, the very, very best safeties always end up a better franchise. The very, very best quarterbacks turn that franchise into being a successful franchise, you know, or, or think, one. But if they moved, I, I just think you, at the very least you give what we got for Jim Adams. And I think as well, it, it makes such a difference that people, the perception of the Jets that they're moving forward. So they've got Joe Douglas, who everyone really likes. They've got, um, they've got Salah in as the coach. They've got an exciting young offensive coordinator in Mike Fleur. It looks like they're going in the right direction. They've got the draft capital. Whereas Houston, it looks like an absolute firestorm at the moment where they obviously lost their GM and head coach last year. They traded away their best weapons um, and also like, like incredible weapons in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and they also seem like they can't even pick up anyone as head coach because the, the person who they're currently most considering is Josh McCowan, who's currently still a quarterback in the NFL. Mad. That, that was mad. <laughs> I think I saw the article you sent me, which said they would, have to give him, they would want to give him someone else with head coach experience, but that just seems like a cheat move almost. So Josh McCowan is, if you watched All or Nothing, you'll have seen him. He basically was the Eagles, correct me if I'm wrong, Third string quarterback. Yeah, they brought, they brought him in to sit at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're vet, 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 vet the best, best of the sort of a, a, a like a Fitz, Fitz Magic kind of character yeah. in the sense that he's, he's traveled around loads, hasn't acquired the success that Fitz Magic has had in the sense that he's never started anywhere. Did really well when he came in for, for Carson Wentz in the playoffs last year. Didn't quite manage to get him over the line. Really liked guy. I can't remember who he's currently the emergency quarterback for, but he still is currently employed by someone as an emergency quarterback. Looks like a great guy, but a player straight to coach just gives an indication of how unpopular this landing spot is. No one wants to be there. Why would you want to, A, walk into somewhere that has no draft capital, having traded away the third, well, they lost the third overall to Miami. Um, they could lose their quarterback because he's disgustingly unhappy and they don't have any cap space in terms of salary. Why People are saying, why would you want to go there? They've got no GM at the moment. So it just shows how this job is so unpopular that maybe it's just even pushing Deshaun Watson out even more. Yeah. I mean, perhaps unsurprisingly, he's actually at the Texans right now, Josh McCarron. Um, he's, he's a kind of uh, back, up, back up there. But I mean, he's paid for Cardinals, Lions, Raiders, Dolphins, Pampers, 49ers, Bears, Bucks, Browns, Jets, Eagles, and now Texans. No! Uh, one, two, three, four, them all, five, he's six, seven, yeah, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He's played for uh, a third of the teams in the NFL. Um, and yet, like you said, I mean, he was at the Jets for, for a couple of years and he was very well liked and he was of seen course, as a great yeah. kind of mentor to Sam Darnold uh, as a man. He was actually. People yeah. loved him, actually. Um, I think for Darnold's first year, especially, he was very well liked as kind of a guy to walk him through what it is being an NFL quarterback. 
Um, but to jump straight to being uh, a head coach of a franchise. Or a franchise got, that needs help as well. Yeah, and when there's, there's so many capable candidates out there that are kind of flying around, like the enemy uh, and, and, and like out of bills, um, Stable, it yeah. would feel like a mad hire to me. But yeah, anyway, I would definitely take uh, Watson with all the picks uh, to the Jets effectively and it'd be exciting to see if they hire on. The Eagles uh, hired the Colts offensive coordinator. Uh, Nick Sirianni, 39-year-old. So he's their new head coach. Obviously, he inherits a complete mess at quarterback. Um, I wonder, <laughs> how long do you think it'll be, Tom, before we've got to kind of make a statement on what the plan is there? Do you think it's possible to maintain Wentz and um, uh, Hurts at the same time? Well, I mean, he did with Brissett and Philip Rivers to a certain extent and said that Brissett did start for the whole of last year and has sat, and got a big contract as well for him. Um, I don't know. I, it's also partly the Eagles' new GM. Is it new GM? Have they got a new GM in as well? Um, it's, uh, not, it's basically, possibly, yeah, yeah. it might not be his plan. But he, he has to go in to the interviews with a plan for Carson Wentz. I think the Eagles is the second least popular uh, landing spot for any of these coaches because of the situation at quarterback being such a shit show. Um, and at 39, you hope he's got a good plan because he's going to have to have one to sort this out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, some other hires, the Chargers took the Rams offensive coordinator. Seems quite an astute move, that. Uh, Brandon Staley, and I don't know if you want to say anything about that, but Matt Patricia uh, returned to the Patriots in some element. We were talking about this before the show. He's not the OC or the DC. Uh, he's kind of just around as a face. <laughs> I have, can I have a job back, please? Uh, after his effective failure uh, as the Lions coach, who hired Dan Campbell uh, who is the biggest football guy of football guys uh, as their new head coach. But I think what Pat McAfee said is, I don't know if it'll be good, I don't know if it'll be bad, but it's fantastic for just everyone yeah. that watches the NFL. We might have a reason to, press to watch and talk about the Lions. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we will have to talk about them, even if it's just the press conference. We yeah, yeah, yeah. About them. I mean, he, you know, he was talking about, uh, you know, we're going to be a football team that bites them at the kneecaps. Uh, a real kind of... Uh, a word guy. I'm not saying he, I don't know if he's a brain guy, but he's a guy who's got rhetoric and I'm sure he's going to be a motivator. Uh, he brings some character back to the lines, uh, yeah. which is so missing while we've been watching them, at least. Um, <laughs> while we haven't been watching them. <laughs> or while we haven't been watching them, exactly. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with Matt Stafford there. Uh, yeah. He had moved on. He's played his last game for the Lions. Um, but that quarterback carousel is, again, like the players we've already been discussing. Um, will definitely be something to talk about closer to the draft when teams work out what they want to do with their capital. And this is something else you want to say, Tom, if we should move to the AFC. That was a big coaching roundup. Um, so <laughs> many new coaches to get, the he- get our heads around because there's been uh, a lot of moves. I think next season we'll have to really process what's gone on there. And obviously there are lots of teams still haven't uh, hired yet. So moving to the AFC, Bills at Chiefs, Bills Ravens, Last week was 17-3 to the Bills. Meanwhile, the Chiefs beat the Browns 22-17 in a closer game. 17-3 was, was really upsetting. We were so excited, Tom, about oh. this game. And, 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 and the Ravens just did not show up. Oh, it was so shit, wasn't it? We hyped up the most last week. Yeah, and we were the most excited for it. And it was on at 8 o'clock. And it was going to be sick. Um, was it on at 8 o'clock? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, it was yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, and yeah, the, the Ravens unfortunately didn't turn up and the Bills did enough, essentially. Um, the Ravens actually had 110 more total yards than the Bills. 
yeah. and had the ball built ball for 10 more minutes, yet they lost by 14. It sort of shows that the Bills' defense, which people were slating before the game, saying it wouldn't be able to keep up with the Ravens' offense, absolutely stood strong. Uh, and, and at the crunch time as well, produced a massive play, which completely swung the momentum yeah. of the fixture in their favor. Well, it was, that, it was that play, wasn't it, when it was, it was only 10-3 at the time. Yeah. Uh, and Lamar Jackson throws his first red zone interception of his career. And I think, what was it we saw? Every time that we, you know, we get those stats on the app, and every single game when Lamar Jackson would throw a red zone touchdown, it'd be like, oh, he's 40-0 in yeah. the red zone of his stupid stats because he hadn't thrown one. And now he chooses to throw one in divisional uh, week, down 10-3, that goes for a 101-yard return. Uh, and that completely swung the game. I mean, it's the equivalent of a three-point um, and a six-pointer in the sense yeah, that it would have yeah. been 10-10 and said it was 17-3 and just completely switched to momentum. Um, and But, you know, they talk about special teams, they talk about defensive plays, you know, defense wins championships and, and that kind of proved for the Bills. And I think the Bills are a defense that we haven't, traditionally, we've got really excited about. This year, they weren't winning really any metrics. They were up there, obviously, top half, as you've got to be if you're going to get so deep in the playoffs. But they weren't, you know, the really, really tough defense we've talked about uh, on some other teams, like the Rams. Um, but yeah, they, they showed up, they got the points, they held the Ravens to three, which I don't think any team has done in the last four years. No uh, way. And, and incredible from them. Yeah, no, there's absolutely no chance the Ravens were kept to only three points. For, I reckon that's the lowest Lamar Jackson's ever, ever been in his whole yeah. career. Um, yeah, it was astounding. And then they're going up against the Chiefs, who are almost lucky to be here. Almost. Yeah. Lucky to be in the championship game because almost it could. It was unbelievable what was happening. The Browns are sticking with the Chiefs. To be fair, doing really good, holding on, holding on, holding on, um, and then Patrick Mahomes goes down, injured, out, concussion. Yeah. In comes their backup quarterback Henny. Um, they need a third and fourteen, needing a first down to win the game. Um. And Henny is under pressure in the pocket. He's this old guy. I think he's like 36. He's sort of fumbling around in the pocket. He's been sacked to play before. And he escapes. And you're like, he's running. Where are the Browns? Where are they? They're not there. And he dives head first for the first down. Just short. And then they bring out an unbelievable play on fourth down to win the game, which Tony Romo didn't see coming. And he made very clear he didn't see coming um, on commentary to win the game. And I wrote here. So... Each of the last eight wins for the Chiefs, they've won eight of their last nine games, have been by six points or less, which is staggering for a team who we tout as having this incredible offense and a really good defense led by Tyrant Matthew, which is the longest streak in the NFL. My point is, when they need someone to step up, someone always does. And this time, it was just happened to be backup quarterback Henny. So you think you think it's that? It's not luck. <laughs> no, <laughs> not luck because because to win that many games by six points, it, you can see it one of two ways. Either you can say they've got really really lucky, or you can say you make your own luck when you do manage to make these defensive plays or offensive plays in the last kind of two minutes when it really matters because you're so well drilled, you know each other so well as a team, you put yourself in that situation before doing two minute drills and that kind of thing in training, and they just had the mentality that it doesn't matter if they're down by three or up by four, and it's at the very end of the game, they convince themselves that they know they can get over the line or defend the lead, um, which teams that haven't got that kind of well, Super Bowl winning calibre uh, yeah. 
you know, necessarily um, have in their kind of ethos that we will be okay, we'll get over the line. Yeah, I mean, we talked in the season, in the regular season, about when the Chargers went on that silly record of the amount of losses they yeah. had by less, than, by less than six points. And I think we concluded that it was down to coaching and poor execution. Yeah. And if we're going to apply that same sort of analysis to the Chiefs, I think you have to. That's the reason why the Chiefs are where they are. Yes, the playmakers, maybe. But also the coaching and the culture at a franchise. Yes, they've had a stroke of luck. I mean, that Falcons missed kick, which hit the post. Um, I think about that. Um, but I think you do make your own luck. And that's what real quality teams do. It's just whether they're going to be lucky enough or come to the, come to the party in full flow for this championship football game. During the regular season, we sort of put it down to playing within themselves. It's not like the important moment they play for playoffs. But the Browns, they were really pushing them all the way. And it really could have been the Browns in this game. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone sort of is writing off the bills a little bit in this game because of that Chiefs historical, like the, the history of the Patrick Mahomes offense. But since he's been a starter, the Bills have only allowed 18 points per game against him, which is the fewest by any team to play him yeah. more than two times, which sort of says a little bit about the Bills' defense against Patrick Mahomes. Match that with the fact that they haven't been scoring as freely this year or like taking out leads as freely this year match that with the deficits they found themselves in last year's playoff game. I don't know. Bills have a shot, don't they? Yeah. I think Bills 100% have a, have a shot. I think Bills have just hit unbelievable form at the right time. Spot. <laughs> They've been completely unstoppable since that one last-minute loss uh, to the Cardinals, to kind of uh, Hail Murray. Since that game... Uh, which must have really just kind of um, motivated them that, like, that's a game we shouldn't have lost. Let's not lose another game like that again. They've been unbeaten. They've won, like, eight, nine games on the trot. Yeah. Eight, um, yeah. Like, eight straight wins. There you go. Uh, second longest streak in the Bills' history. And I don't think that... I don't see that stopping. And the, the connection... We talked about Rodgers and Adams. Uh, and the only connection that's oh. as tight as that is Alan Dix. Yeah. Like, it's it, those two combinations... But if it does end up being a, a Bills uh, Green Bay kind of a Super Bowl, that will be what's talked about. Because you're sure you've got Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, but they've also got so many other weapons. Yeah, uh, Kelsey. And the same way the Bucks have got a plethora of weapons. Whereas the Bills, I'm not going to say they're like one man or two man teams, but those, those connections have just been so consistent and so tight. And it's not like they have to rely on it working, it's, it just does work every week. Yeah. So why change? You know, just Diggs and Adams have proved themselves so hard to guard and that the wavelength is so tight between the quarterback and wide receiver um, that it's just so exciting to see. So I think it will definitely be a kind of battle of Diggs versus Hill um, and whether they can get Josh Allen because the Bills' offensive line has been so, so, so solid this year because they've invested in it for years um, yeah. since they uh, got Josh Allen uh, as quarterback. In terms of calling it, it's so, so tough. Yeah. Um, so just quietly, I'm so just quickly, I'm so glad the Bills are here because we've yeah. been really talking about them for two years about how they're looking like they're like making strides. They're looking like a team that are doing the right things. And to get the number two seed and to get to the conference championship game, having played really well against the Colts in a difficult game and played really well against the Ravens, who people wanted to see in this fight in this um, essentially the semi-final. Um, I'm really just buzzing that it's it's paying off. For a team who basically just like they've they've just built back themselves, they've backed themselves. It's not the most sort of 
um, marketable place, Buffalo. It snows loads. Not many people want to be there, but they've just really gone for it. And I absolutely love it. I love Josh Allen. Um, and you're right, as, as you said earlier, it shows that if you get your franchise quarterback sorted, you can build around them. Well, yeah, and Allen and Diggs have, have completely changed this narrative they had been for decades that Buffalo is where wide receivers went to die because yeah. you, you, it was a run game orientated organization because you play up in the cold and they, they, they're strong on the ground and they're good on defense. And there's no way you're going to get you know, a 40-touchdown season, passing touchdown season in Buffalo. Uh, and they've completely proven that wrong. Um, what I was thinking just now looking at these four teams is that I feel like the, the Green Bay and the Bucks, or maybe even more so Green Bay, but Green Bay and the Bucks will be more aggrieved if they don't make the Super Bowl than the Chiefs and Bills. Now, no one wants to lose a conference championship game, but in the sense that the Bills, you're thinking, well, look how much you've achieved this year with a young yeah. core, and we've got yeah. years and years to improve this and we've established ourselves. And we've won the, they firstly, the Bills have won their division for the first time in in 20 years they've already achieved that and now they've got to this stage for the first time in so long so that, and then you've got the Chiefs who obviously won the Super Bowl last year and whether it's been lucky or consistency or, or mentality have scraped quite a few wins this year with, with narrow wins I don't think they are the team they were last year necessarily meanwhile you've got Green Bay who are like win now they are yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. win now how good they've been this year winning 26 regular season games um, over the last two seasons they'll absolutely win now and same in Tampa Tampa fully invested to win I mean, they didn't invest yeah, yeah. to win their division they didn't invest to kind of have a better year than they usually did so you kind of know what I mean both these teams are already gutted if they lose Bills and Chiefs but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's much more urgent for Bucks and Green Bay yeah no that's a very good point yeah no, I, I completely agree so so that's what I'm looking at in terms of Bills Chiefs in terms of calling it God it's it, 3.5 Feels to me too big a favourite for the Chiefs. I think almost there needs to be no line. I think I think it's that close, <laughs> um, like minus one or something. Um, at three point five, I'd probably take the Bills plus three point five. To be honest, yeah. I mean, the, the benefit for the Bills is they say so. Let's say um, the Chiefs last year, well, they were were up against the Titans. Okay, um, the Titans are a run team who everyone said if they go behind, they'll really struggle to get back in the game. The Browns run team. They go behind, and that's the, that's the problem with the Chiefs, is you're likely to go behind because of their offense. The Bills are absolutely not the run game team. They are throwing, and Josh Allen can throw it fucking 70 yards in a play if he wanted to, and connect with Stephon Diggs. So they've got the, the, the ability on offense to keep up with the Chiefs, and I think that's the biggest difference between all of the Chiefs' sort of rivals over the last few, few games, few, even like the last couple of years. Um, so I, yeah, I, I would probably take the Bills plus 3.5 hours betting, I see the Chiefs winning this game and going to the, to the final, I, yeah. to the Super Bowl. I see, yeah. I see them winning it. I just think they've got too many weapons. And as I say, in the clutch moment, I think, you, honestly, you can't stop them on third and fourth down in the important moments. You, like, if you do yeah. that, if the Bills do that, they deserve to win. If Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hand with, fuck me, even seconds on the clock, and only five points behind, then you have to back the Chiefs because they just have the ability to make those plays. Yeah, I, I think, I think all uh, four combinations of uh, Super Bowls would be brilliant. And that's yeah, nice. fuck, I'm so excited. <laughs> that, that, that that is nice because um, I think last year was good, but I wasn't like super excited to watch the 49ers in the Super Bowl because. Um, 
there are some limitations to Jimmy Garoppolo's game. Um, yeah. I did think that Kansas also like properly deserved to win the Super Bowl. So I was kind of like, not hoping they'd win necessarily, but I was like, there's a right team and a wrong team to win this is the way I felt about it. Yeah. And the previous year, the Rams-Pages Super Bowl was terrible. Yeah. So, so, sorry, I've had a massive cheer from downstairs. I don't know if Chelsea have scored against Luton or something's happened. <laughs> or Chelsea have scored against Pissy, sorry. Um, something's happened. But anyway, yeah, I think but all these teams deserve to be there. All these teams will be exciting there. I think you're completely right. I, would take, I wouldn't take the Chiefs with a handicap because I, just don't, I think it's going to be that close. But at the same time, if I've got to pick a, a winner, you, you'd put money on the Chiefs to win. But it's, these are going to be fantastic games. The Super Bowl is going to be fantastic. Um, and I've got so much credit to the NFL, to be honest, to have made this happen so seemingly smoothly. You know, we yeah. had like so few cancelled games. The ones that were cancelled were only moved a matter of days. Obviously, there were a few incidents, you know, when you had the Broncos with no quarterbacks. That was funny. Uh, and you, so other teams felt slightly hard done by by the way games were played and not played but in general they've pulled it off in a pandemic incredibly well um, at a point where we thought in September would we even see a season um, so so that's been brilliant and I'm just so excited for these two games and the first one kicks off in only just over an hour yeah and in the meantime we can go watch Shelton leading Man City 1-0 is it, is it? the Chelsea yeah. score yeah. Oh, well, I will, we will conclude this podcast. What a night! We'll forget that Arsenal started the day with a pathetic <laughs> play away at Southampton because who cares about the cup anyway? We will complete the podcast. We'll go and see Cheltenham beat City, uh, and then we will tune in uh, to yeah. the Brexit Green Bay, which should be a fantastic fixture. So I'm sure I'll talk to you later, Tom. The rest yeah. of you will talk to to preview the Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> next week, which is. Uh, so stay safe guys and we'll talk to you soon Mahomes timing route down the sideline it's caught touchdown Brady pumps looking for Brown deep 